Welcome. Thanks for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks, where we have our global impact partners take a few minutes to address an issue of site concern. In this installment, we're going to have Michael Yan and Mike Cremines from Highland answer a few questions about cybersecurity. And let's take a moment before we get started to meet our speakers. Hey, good morning. And uh, thanks for having us again today, uh, Michael and SCRS. This is Michael Yan, um, obviously affiliated with SCRS for a while. Looking forward for another exciting topic, you know, at least for us in the insurance world around cybersecurity and, you know, with the changing landscape and how we can navigate through the COVID-19. With me today is our life science practice leader, Mike Cremines. Glad to be here as well. Um, there's really no one that I can think of that's um, – better equipped to answer some of these questions today. Michael's been um, at the forefront of helping a lot of the members on uh, all kinds of different insurance issues. So looking forward to the discussion. Well, well, thanks, Mike and Michael, and I'm Michael as well. Thanks, thanks for taking the time to answer a few questions about cybersecurity. So uh, there are bad actors out there, and because we're all working from home, these bad guys are using this opportunity to access our personal computers uh, as ways to get business data. Uh, sites should be considering cyber insurance as part of that strategy. Uh, for example, even Marriott Hotels got hacked for the second time in a year. Uh, no one's immune from these thieves. Um, so we just want sites to know that, uh, that, to, that they should have some kind of strategy for this thing. So I'll put this first question out there to you is, um, with more folks working at home, what risks are associated with that? A great question. Um, you know, it, I would tell you cyber security and cyber liability is one of the most emerging risks that, um, you know, we're very concerned with. And when we elevate that to now a working out of the office environment, what happens is with the likes of Zoom and WebExes and things to that effect, people can get hacked quickly. There's a lot of people on an individual basis that uh, don't take even the simple security measures on their own personal um, laptops and computers at home. Plus, you're away from the true network um, as it pertains to the organizational structure. So what occurs is we've got a, a little bit more elevated risk uh, due to the fact that hackers know this. Um, they've got the ability to put more ransomware and malware on systems, but also sell personal identifiable data if they can get to it. Um, so I think it elevates the risk was always there in the uh, organization or corporate setting, but I think now that it's home through the virtual world, we're really starting to see an elevation of hackers um, kind of in their penetration. They only need to catch a couple of them um, and get a couple of clicks, and the next thing you know, there's money moving uh, left and right. So, you know, it's an elevated thing, and it's something we really need to take serious about. Okay. Well, how would a site protect its employees and, and it, their, the client data from these kind of intrusions? Yeah, and that, you know, that's, that's, a, that's always the, the million-dollar question, right, is, you know, how do I do this? Well, let's just really start, and I think if you just do the basic things, and a lot of times I think uh, personally, when you take a personal investment into your own personal identification and security of your data, 
that's going to move over into the corporate setting. So, you know, what are some basic things that you can do? Um, you know, I think these are where you want to start, right? And even without insurance products that are out there, but this is just true risk management. And we say it all the time, but these are the things that are getting people in trouble, right? So unsubscribed, unsolicited emails. Get on do not call lists. Block unwanted callers. Try a password manager. Here's a big one. Employ multi-factor authentication. So two-factor authentications. There are a lot of companies out there that don't even employ this into their own organization, which, you know, then that needs to be filtered down to the individual. But I would tell you one of the biggest pieces of security to protect yourselves and your organization data is multi-factor authentications. Make sure IT has all your systems up to speed and all the updates are there. And then make sure all your antivirus and anti-malware software are, um, you know, up to snuff, paid up, and uh, in um, what I would say installed on your computers or any of your devices that you're using. All right. I, you know, it's, you mentioned that, like, a multi-factor authentication. My, my online bank now, I can't just log in with a password. I get in there, and it says, now click this thing to send a four-digit code to your email, then I have to go in that way. So I can see these, these kind of things are starting to, to take effect. So where would a site start? What kind of resources are available and, and, and things like that for them to, to start looking into this? Well, we'll have uh, links on the SCRS um, COVID-19 resource that could link into the Highland COVID-19 resources. And I know there's a lot of resource centers that are out there, but these are specific to risk and exposure, risk management, risk mitigation items, right? So a lot of stuff there. Obviously, you know, we're available for conversations and things to the fact. But I think really at the end of the day, where do I start is really take a risk assessment. It is more important right now because I think we're going to really start to see an increase of the need to have this insurance coverage for sites, um, both on a first party versus if the site is uh, impacted or a third party, so a third party that they might be doing work on behalf of or for, uh, we're going to see some, uh, I think it's going to start to get really highly scrutinized out there. So I think you, where you start with your risk assessment is how do I go through that? Um, you know, a lot of that is some type of an application. Sometimes it's, you know, talking with experts in the field of how do I need to, to go about reviewing and identifying where I could be susceptible to these guys. And, I mean, the horror stories that are out there is it only takes one click, and we're starting to see tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars go out the window. Um, so I think that where you start is really get a – Get a grip of where you're at um, and start working on building a what we would call cybersecurity strategy. And this is has to do with business continuity, has to do with um, contingency plans, partnerships, uh, client data, personal data. So really getting a hold of all of that information. The only thing I would add uh, to that excellent overview is just to use a um, um, a military description. There's so much information out there. Everyone's on information overload. How about if we look for intelligence versus information? And I think that what you'll find with what Michael's put together, not only is risk assessments, but linking to the Highland website, where we've got up-to-date information that C-level that people can use immediately that's gonna uh, help them think about this process. 
you know, anyone can put up a PDF, but these are, there are some PDFs, but what we really want to do is put you in a position where we're talking about specific things that you can, um, that you can do to help your business today. Well, now mentioning what, what you all just have, and under the kind of the, the, the topic of everyone's working from home now, should sites be insured for this kind of thing? And um, would it be likely that very shortly we're going to see sponsors and CROs actually requiring some kind of insurance for this from sites? Yeah, great question. And I great guess question. one word answer is absolutely. Um, great question. You know, I know I know a lot of sites struggle, especially right now. Uh, finances are, are a big impact in what's occurring to them, and just trying to keep their doors open. And it's but I think uh, this risk right here can shut the doors and shut the doors for good is is what it is. And I think it's um, we're starting to see contractual requirements for cybersecurity, uh, personal identifiable information. Um, being crept into some of these contracts. And I think it's going to be more and more a requirement because sites are going to be managing a lot of sponsor data. And when they're managing sponsor data, that sponsor wants to make sure that that data is protected because if it does get into the hands of the bad guys, who knows what could occur to that. Um, it could be loss of very big intellectual property. It could be financial loss. It could be identifiable information of participants. So there's no doubt that sponsors are going to start to demand it. And then I look at it on a site level and say anything can happen at any time. It's one click. It's one malware. It's one ransomware that can shut systems down. And for, I would consider a, you know, a, a minimum premium for the sites that we've been including for some of our cyber liability is somewhere around $1,800 to $2,000 for a million-dollar limit. Um, both protects the organization and it protects third parties like we spoke before. And I think this – my personal opinion is this is going to start to creep into these contracts, and uh, we're starting to see them already. Mm -hmm. Just like we used to see the – where you had medical malpractice or medical professional services on the professional side and you had other – responsibilities that went outside of the medical side on that. You're starting to see those in those contracts too. So, um, yeah, I think for sure um, I'm 100%. We've been, a lot of our clients, we've been automatically including them on renewal quotes just so they're there to just have some dialogue so you can at least be aware of it and make sure that sites are making a good business decision. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I did site contracts for 15, 16 years, and um, I'm going to put this question out there, I know the answer is no, but is there any chance any of the contracts that I signed were covered for this kind of thing if, if I hadn't done one in three or four years? Talk about business uh, interruption or cyber? Just cyber. Yeah, so, you know, I haven't seen it start to get into these contracts except for the last year. So yeah. you, you, the, the emerging risk, the cyber liability as an insurance product really kind of hit the market running, I would tell you, for a lot of small businesses within the last four to five years. Um, you know, used to where it came from, and this is how it emerged, it came from, uh-oh, I lost my laptop. I'm now obligated by the state to notify and prevent, pre uh, present credit monitoring to individuals. But now it's kind of blown into, I've got to make sure that I'm protecting my company from 
ransom attacks, malware attacks, uh, social engineering, where they're sending emails that look like corporate emails to the CFO to send money to X, and it's a, it's out to the dark web, and you're losing money that way. So, yeah, so, I mean, we're really starting to see that coverage really come, I would call, full circle, and will be just like a property policy and auto policy. It will be there, and it will be needed. Yeah, so for so any so a site should start to look into this because it's coming. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's it's here. Um I think that you know, I have always said this on the cyber side, Michael is, you know, uh, the insurance isn't worth anything if you're not doing any of the uh risk assessments or putting any of those things in place as it pertains to business continuity, um contingency plans if your systems go down. All that stuff, to get your hands around that, that's your first step, because once you've got your idea on that, then you can come back and decide, okay, what type of insurance do I need? What type of limits do I purchase? What type of deductibles do I get? But insurance is only good as what you put into it, so you've got to do the other things that go with it. And that's why we want to start with an assessment so you can educate yourself and understand what you're getting yourself into. All right. Uh, Mike Cremines, any any f- f- closing comments by you before we wrap up? Yeah, we have the luxury of time. I think put yourself out in, in a thought process of thinking about what it's like 60 days from today. And yeah. we have the luxury of time. We can go in, look at our policies now. We can determine through the risk assessments, as Michael has talked, um, let's figure out what could go wrong, who would be upset at us, what are the potential financial damages, and we have the ability to actually put some of those risk mitigation strategies in place today. Uh, it's not that difficult, folks, if you've got a seasoned professional behind the process to help you guide it. Um, and it, it, now's the time. Take advantage of those professionals who really know what they're doing, who can step up and, and uh, help you anticipate how these risks are, uh, could affect you in the future. Yeah, I agree. And then the the only one last piece I would say is, you know, the the insurance and this process has evolved so much that the insurance companies that are providing coverage for this have tremendous amount of resources that are available to help sites uh, navigate through it, that there's no recreating the wheel. Um, there's a lot of free um, advice and resources that can help you get started. And then obviously through the expertise of a, of a broker and advisor can help navigate through all that also. So, All right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for your uh, just taking a few minutes out of your day to help educate the sites on this issue. We really appreciate it. Appreciate um, your expertise in this. Uh, before I close out, um, for all you listening Please register to, for any of our upcoming webinars. Check out our content. Um, uh, this this podcast will probably outlast the virtual summit series, but go check that out. Go to myscrs.org and visit our learning campus. Um, check out our uh, the SCRA, uh, SCRS Insight Journal. We publish that quarterly for members. You can find that in the member section of our website, myscrs.org. Uh, again, we appreciate uh, Highland's time today, and, and um, we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks a lot, Michael Yan, Michael Kremins. Thank you. Thank you. All right.